Has the world gone crazy? Life is difficult. When you need help, where do you turn? Welcome to Christian Impact, impacting your life with spiritual truth. I am Dr. Kelly Blanton, and I'm sharing practical truths in the Bible that can truly change your life. Today is April 19th, 2023. We continue our series, Words for Life, and today's word is inheritance. And so we begin, of course, with a question. And this one is, have you ever missed an opportunity that led you to hard times that created doubt or disillusionment in your life? When I ask that question, I want you to think about if you ever felt like God is, was doing something and you just made the wrong decision. You missed that opportunity. Or maybe God moved and you missed the move because of a choice that was made that put you somewhere else. Did that lead to doubt or disillusionment when the hard time came? Do you ever feel like you struggle with feelings maybe of doubt and fear? See, today we're talking about inheritance. And if we have an inheritance, we should have a hope. So do we live in that daily hope? Do others see that hope in us? Because many times I see that Christians today are struggling with doubt. They're struggling with confusion and with fear. And they wonder how I'm supposed to be living with such hope and with such optimism, and yet I have such doubt and confusion. And this 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 leads to what many are doing today, which is called deconstruction of their faith. And we're going to talk a little bit about that in context with scriptures. But I want us to, to first, let's look at the missed opportunity and how this is all going to relate to inheritance. We'll tie in more to the end, so I encourage you, please, Please listen to the end. Um, if you're here for inheritance and we're not talking about inheritance immediately, please hang in there because everything we're doing is going to make sense about how are you going to walk into the inheritance that God has for you. But you you need to journey through our process here of what we're going to talk about. And so I want to talk about missed opportunities because uh, so many times God's doing things in our lives and then we, we miss the opportunity. And it causes, uh, it, it's going to bring you to this point of a letdown. And I guess the best example I can get to this, this letdown feeling is, uh, many, with many people, especially children at Christmas, there's this big build up to Christmas. There's the trees and the lights and the gifts are going under the trees and all this anticipation and, and baking and food and, and all this stuff. And then, Christmas Day comes and oh what a celebration there's candy and food and and gifts and and you open the presents and there's all this stuff but you see you wake up on the 26th you wake up the day after Christmas and suddenly the lights are coming down the the food is leftovers and that the surprise of that gift is 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 gone because you've opened the gift there are no more gifts to be given you've received your gift um, it's even more of a letdown if you didn't get the gift you thought you were going to get. And 
it, it brings on these, these sad feelings when we should be joyous because we just had this celebration. But suddenly the celebration is over and it brings a letdown. Uh, another good example is what we call the Cinderella syndrome. And <clears throat> it's been a, an issue with, with, with many women. Uh, they grew up with the story of Cinderella and how Cinderella meets Prince Charming, marries Prince Charming, and then lives happily ever after. And and so many girls, they grow up and that's that's what's in their mind of what a perfect life and, and marriage and Prince Charming, meeting the man in your dreams is about. And they meet the man and it's all so magical. And they grow up and they, the, the engagement, the wedding, everything is beautiful. And they get married and they run off to the honeymoon. And it's all great. But then suddenly... The day comes when they wake up after the celebration, after the wedding, after the honeymoon, after the celebration. And the guy's got bad breath in the morning, just like she's got bad breath. And suddenly the 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 prospect of now you have to live life and life continues. And there's this letdown because you expect utopian hap- happily ever after but you're not in heaven yet. You know, happily ever after doesn't just happen because of the marriage. And there's this, this breaking of this perceived thing. And it's a letdown. And it causes feelings of doubt, disillusionment. Um, and if we're not careful, this doubt or disillusionment will actually rob us. It robs us of what we celebrated. And as Christians, we celebrate the fact that God has given us a great inheritance. There's an inheritance given to us. But we get so lost sometimes with the celebration of salvation and what God has done that we wake up and we suddenly have to live a Christian life. And it's a letdown. This disillusionment sets in. We we run into these situations. And again, my first question about if you're like you've missed opportunities. So let's look at the scriptures. Again, these are lectionary readings and what the Lord is prophetically speaking to us through these. <clears throat> Excuse me. John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. It says, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, and Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and they and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. And the other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. And he said to them, Unless I see his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger in the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. And Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in their midst, and said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here and look at my hands. Reach your hand here and put it in my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet have believed. And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus 
is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Now, this picks up after the death on the cross, and Jesus is now risen from the grave. Of course, we just celebrated Resurrection Sunday. We celebrated the resurrection of Jesus last week. And so in the Christian church, that's one of the largest celebrations, one of the biggest days. And I'm telling you now that there are believers this week that are suffering doubt and disillusionment after that celebration. Uh, Some people got saved and a week later they're feeling doubtful, disillusioned on those decisions they made. Some people experienced the move of God and a week later they're feeling doubt and disillusioned. Let's look at these disciples. They were facing doubt and disillusionment because Jesus was suddenly crucified on a cross and put in a tomb. Life's not what they thought it was going to be. And then suddenly, as they were gathered together, locked away, hidden from the world because they were afraid of what was going to happen, Jesus just appeared. He manifested and was there with them. And the first thing he says is, peace be to you. And think about this. What, what is he saying when he says peace? Peace is a construct of your mind. It's healing for your soul. Peace be to you. Calm your mind. Be still. The scriptures, be still and know that I am God. That, that, that be still, be at peace. When Jesus told the storm, when he's walking on the water, or when he was in the, in, in the boat sleeping and the storm came, he, both times he, he told the, the waves and the wind to be still. Be at peace. And that calmness, that's a great example. That's the same thing he's saying here, be at peace. That storm that rages in you, those doubts, that disillusionment, peace, peace be to you. And in this passage we read, it said three times. Now, two times it said to the disciples. Now, the third time he says this to Thomas. And while we're talking about Thomas, let's talk about that missed opportunity. Notice that when Jesus appears the first time, Thomas He's not with them. And so they have this event. They are all overjoyed. They rejoice to see Jesus. And now they're telling Thomas, hey, we've seen Jesus. We've seen the Lord. He's risen. He's risen. And Thomas refuses to believe. Now, we often will call him doubting Thomas. He doubted. But we have to understand, it's not that Thomas doubted. Notice that he says, I will not believe. He's making a statement. He refuses to to believe, unless he gets to see and experience what they saw and experienced. And with his, if I don't see the nail prints, if I don't see the wound in the side, if I can't put my hand in it. See, he's one up. None of the disciples, quote, did that when Jesus came. They just saw him and interacted with him. Thomas is one upping what they experienced. He wants the experience plus, plus this additional proof. Or he says, I will not believe. He's demanding the opportunity that he missed. He's demanding it plus some because he missed it. And he's refusing to believe until he gets it. Maybe he's a little jealous, but I'm telling you, he had the same fears and doubts as the other disciples before. And often when we begin to have doubts from circumstances and a little bit of fear, when we hear good news, Instead of receiving it, sometimes we allow that disillusionment to make us angry and it creates us, our pride wells up and now we refuse. We refuse to believe because why am I missing out? 
Why and that, and that why is it? Why didn't he appear to me? That's that disillusionment. That's that fear that's beginning to speak. And so when Jesus appears again, he speaks a third time, peace to you, but it's specifically for Thomas or anyone else that was there the second time that missed the first time. Because I have a feeling Thomas wasn't the only new person in the group the second time around to experience this because they're talking. They're talking to people. And Jesus speaks peace. He Jesus speaks peace to his fears, peace to his doubt, to his disillusionment. And yet, even in the midst of speaking there, he rebukes Thomas. He He's loving him, but he rebukes him because he says, hey, peace be to you. Now, here's my hands. Here's my side. Go ahead, put your hand in. Put your, I mean, this is, the, for him to walk into the room and say, okay, Thomas, here's my side. Stick your hand in. It's, it's, it's a, a type of rebuke and refute to his very statement of refusing to believe. And then Jesus goes on and says, do not be unbelieving, but believing. This is a command. The same way he would tell his disciples, oh, you have little faith, when they do things before when he was with them. Now he's rebuking Thomas for refusing to believe. You see, it wasn't that he had honest doubts. I mean, he had fears and doubts like anyone else. But because he missed the opportunity, he caused a rebellious, I refuse to believe. I will not allow myself to have hope. And you see, we're talking about inheritance of God. There's just some faith involved. There's some hope involved with this inheritance. And when you say, I refuse, you're refusing that portion of inheritance. Jesus says, stop doing that and believe. Insert your faith and believe. And then he tells them, you know, when Thomas says, my Lord, my God, Jesus says, well, you believe because I showed up and did this. I showed up. I physically showed myself to you. And I physically gave you. That's that's the love of Jesus. Here, Thomas, put your hand in my side. Can you not hear the, I'm disappointed with you. But he says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. In other words, there was a bigger blessing for Thomas to believe without that experience. There was something bigger Jesus wants to give if you will believe without having to have this proof. And Thomas missed that. He missed that. There were other people that Jesus spoke to that believed and never saw. Even today, as a believer in Jesus Christ, I was not there physically to see that. Yet I believe, and there's a blessing. There's part of an inheritance that goes with that. Now let's also look at these opportunities in Acts chapter 5, verses 29 through 42. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him God has exalted to the right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. And when they heard this, they were furious and plotted to kill them. Then one of the council stood up, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in respect by all people, and commanded them to put the apostles outside for a while. And he said to them, Men of Israel, take heed to yourselves that you do not intend what you intend to do regarding these men. 
For some time ago, Theodos rose up, claiming to be somebody, and a number of men, about 400, joined him. He was slain, and all who obeyed him were scattered, and it came to nothing. After this man, Judas of Galilee rose up in the days of the census, and drew away many people after him. He also perished, and all who obeyed him were dispersed. And now I say to you, keep away from these men, and let them alone. For this plan, or this work, is of men, it will come to nothing. But if it is of of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest you even be found to fight against God. And they agreed with him, and when they called the apostles and beat them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus, and let them go. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name, and daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Now in Acts chapter 5, this is Peter and John in chapter 4. They'd gone to the temple and they saw a lame man and they did the famous silver and gold I don't have, but in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. And they healed him. It caused a big, a big to do. And the, the Jews came and they arrested Peter and John and they brought them before the Sanhedrin, uh, which had just crucified Jesus. And this is where this passage picks up. And the discussion about this. Now, what does this have to do about everything we've been talking about? Well, again, it starts off, here's Peter and John. They just had this opportunity, this experience. They're coming off a high spot now with the Lord. And they went out and they did what they were supposed to do. They preached the gospel and someone suddenly got healed. A miracle happened. Everyone's rejoicing. And suddenly they find themselves in a hard circumstance. They've been arrested for doing what Jesus told them to do. And they're facing now hardship. And again, the opportunity for doubt and disillusionment to come in. But this time they did something different. They decided to obey God. You know, Thomas just got rebuked for this. So they're going to step out and we ought to obey God rather than men. And now this leads into these religious people. The, the, the Jews, they were the religious, religious ones. They, they fought against Jesus. They, they wanted him crucified, and they crucified Jesus for what he said. And there was this refusing to believe. The same way, Thomas, I won't believe. They refused to believe even after the resurrection. They've now refusing to believe. Jesus has been seen by more than 500 people at this point. He's ascended into heaven. And these are the Jews that refuse to believe the story. And so... As they've been told the story, they've seen the, the man, and, and now Peter shared the gospel with them. They, 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 this anger, this, I refuse to believe, and they, they want to kill them. And then a man named Gamaliel, who, by the way, this is the, the mentor of the apostle Paul. At this time, Paul is called Saul, and he is the man that is training and raising up Saul to be a leader in the Sanhedrin. And so Paul was there that he's not Paul at this point. He saw he's not a believer. But Gamaliel, his mentor, his teacher is there and he's well respected. Uh, that's why everyone thought Paul could be a leader in the Sanhedrin because of his teacher Gamaliel. And Gamaliel sees this going on and, and, and he, he gives these words and it almost echoes, echoes Peter. Peter's like, we ought to obey God rather than men. Gamaliel echoes this with, is this is of God? And we go against it. We're fighting against God. But Gabriel doesn't really believe it, but he's got enough wisdom to know that, listen, we've killed men in the past. 
that have attracted people. And and all their followers, they just disappear and goes to nothing. And he's like going, if we believe Jesus was nothing, then his followers should disappear and it should all disappear and be nothing. But he knows that if they do something to the followers, that they're creating additional martyrs and it makes people stop and go, wait a minute, if they're doing this, maybe there's something to that. So his human wisdom is to just let the humanity of this whole situation die off. And so some points I want to get to about inheritance is when we go through those hard situations, it's the religious spirit that will rise up for this disillusionment that will attack you for your faith. But hold on, obey God rather than men. And two, trust God, because if if it's from God, it will last. If it's not, then it won't. And these things that we experience from God, this inheritance is from God. It will last. It will come to pass. Now, the last scripture verse I want us to look at is over in First Peter. Chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Now we're into inheritance. What is this all about? Inheritance. You know, God has given us an inheritance. It's incorruptible. It's undefiled and it is reserved for you. Like the incorruptible, undefiled. It can't be twisted, broken taken uh, just whatever you think someone can do to rob you it can't be done and it's reserved no one can get it for you know no one can steal it from you it is yours it's not now it's in the future that's why it's reserved for you see when we get disillusioned we just want to give up but here in these words peter and, and it's funny because we have Peter was one of the twelve, and now Peter's gone through this miracle and faced this this scrutiny. Now Peter's writing these words to us, and it's all coming around in his head. This this inheritance we've been given. When you feel like oh, things aren't really going well, he's like, "Listen, not only is this reserved for you, but God's going to keep you by His power, and this power you can activate through your faith, your faith." And when you do that, it's for salvation. That's your inheritance, your salvation that you're act, that you're activating by faith is kept by the power of God. And it's ready to be revealed. And I like that word revealed because, you know, 
when when is it going to be revealed in the last time but that word revealed when is it given to you when can you see it when does it appear when is it manifest if you like the word manifest is not here and it suddenly appears the revealing of the power of god working through your faith in the salvation was bringing your inheritance it's going to be made manifest it's going to appear it's going to be seen in the last time and that last time means in the end times in the last days with the return of the lord it goes on it says in this we greatly rejoice yeah we rejoice about salvation stuff um though now for a little while if need be you have been grieved by various trials see there there's that letdown see we rejoice we have such a good thing and then suddenly we find ourselves in a trial and something for the doubt and the disillusionment. But this goes on and says what? That the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold. Your faith is precious, brothers and sisters in Christ. It is, it is precious and we have to use it. We have to activate it. When we go through those points of trials that, that, that let down, that's in the moment when you're going to find out how true, how genuine your faith is. And you when you activate that faith, we need faith in hard times. Listen, faith in good times is hard to judge. Is it real or not? Because everyone wants to believe when there's gold, you know, falling from the sky. Every, like every kid on the playground is your friend when you're passing out candy, you know, but when things are difficult, you know, when, 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 you know, the kids in the playground, when your team is losing and they're looking to throw someone off the team, you find out what they really think about you. When you're winning, even the sorriest player is great. But when you're losing, they're looking to blame. And you see, this is when we know how genuine is my faith is in those let down situations where, man, disillusionment sitting in. I'm having doubts. When you have doubts, this is when you need to use your faith this is when you need to believe and not not believe in other words this is sometimes when those doubts and fears come in we want to go well unless jesus does x and x i won't believe but see that's not how you receive the blessing that's not how you receive the inheritance you have to believe even though you cannot see you now have to exercise your faith and you see that faith is more precious than gold. It's more precious than the evidence of the world. And it goes, though it's tested by fire, though your your faith may have to go through some incredibly trying times, when you find it, when you see it, oh, you praise, you honor the glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Because when you find it and you activate it, you suddenly see this revelation of who Jesus is, that he's with you. That what he's done. And it says, in whom having not seen you love, you you, you and I, we've not physically seen him, but suddenly because of this activation of faith, we love him. I've not seen him, but I suddenly love him. And, 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 And I haven't seen him, and I believe. And this, this is what brings you through those trials to those points of joy, inexpressible full of glory and then in that verse receiving the end of your faith the salvation of your souls because of this that's what brings you 
That's what brings you through to the, all of a sudden you're receiving that inheritance, the things that God wants you to, the salvation of your soul, which is your mind, your mind, your mind is your soul. The peace be to you is now in life. See, genuine faith perseveres. Genuine faith takes you through fire. Genuine faith comes out on the other side. You see, if you let your doubts and your fears and your disillusionment cause you to abandon your faith, and then you begin to deconstruct your faith, and you begin to look for excuses on not to believe, and you end up losing your inheritance. When you lose your inheritance, you're walking away from your very salvation, the, the peace to your soul, where you're saved by grace through faith. You must have faith. And so we end this with have faith, believe, peace be to you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word, God. Lord, I thank you for the inheritance that you have for us, God. And today I pray that you would strengthen faith, God, that those who have missed you along the way or missed something, Lord, I pray that they would not allow doubt and fear lead to disillusionment, God, but instead in those moments, God, that they would choose, they would choose to believe, even though they don't see God, that they would choose to put their faith in you, God, and the Father, that you would bring them through a trial, though they 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 may go through fire, though they may have some tears. Father, I pray that you would strengthen them, God, that you would walk with them, God, through the fire, God, and they would come out on the other side experiencing your love, falling deeper in love with you, and experiencing that joy inexplainable, knowing that they have an inheritance that is greater than anything that we can find on this planet. Lord, we thank you for your love and what it is that you're doing in our lives. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can listen to other teachings on our website at www.christianimpact.net. And until next time, God bless. Oh.